episode three, Karthik Reads. I'm your host, Karthik, and we are reading Stillness is the Key by Ryan Holiday. Before I start, I really hope everyone out there is staying safe and healthy. And let's get started. We are starting the chapter called Become Present. So as I talk, as we talked about, the book is divided into three parts, mind, body, and soul. We are currently in the mind part. And so Ryan is talking about how to cultivate silence in your mind. And the next chapter is titled Become Present. And he opens up with a really nice quote. I really liked it. It's It goes like this. Trust no future, however pleasant. Let the dead past bury its dead. Act. Act in the living present, heart within and God overhead. This is a quote by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. I really liked it and I feel like it's really to the point, you know. It just says um, there is a concept in Stoicism where it says that do not trust in past, do not trust in future because no one lives in that world and also do not care about past because no one lives in that world either. So future and the past are two things in which you can never live. Because if you think about it, past will never come back and future, you can't just jump to it, right? Even though you got a big meeting coming up in the next day, right now you cannot jump to it. So we keep thinking about it and it's easy to say to not worry about it, but it takes like work to actually understand the importance. And so... Moving on, he talks about and social experiment I really liked was, um, so I didn't even know that this experiment actually happened. It was not a social experiment. It was more like a art exhibition by Marina Abramovics. For, uh, so what she did was that in 2010 in New York, people would actually, so she, what she would do is that she would actually sit silently in a chair, completely still. And would just look to look at the person sitting in front of her. So people would actually line up to actually sit in front of her. And they would actually see throughout the chapter run shows that how people could actually feel how present she was by just looking at her. Like she wasn't thinking, she wasn't wandering off. She wasn't like oh, thinking about something else, you know, being, I'm just, I just have to look at the person. I'm just going to think about something else. No, people could actually feel the energy and she actually sat there for 750 hours over 79 days. That's And she covered 1,545 people. That's like completely amazing. But Ryan gives this example to actually elaborate the importance of being present. That if you're present in the moment, he makes his point by saying that many viewers actually cried. Because they could feel that someone was actually looking into them. And... He actually tries to explain the importance of being present in this moment. And here, I like this quotation a lot. It's a, it goes like this. People don't understand that the hardest thing is actually doing something that is close to nothing. This is actually a quote by Abramovic. And she goes like, it demands all of you. There is no object to hide behind. It's just you. And I really liked it because I feel like it actually hits like right on the head of the nail that we are actually using these all these distractions to escape but because we are afraid to face the reality which is the truth but when you sit alone and you do not have anything to hide behind you actually have to think through 
your own situations. You actually have to face the demons. Like Jordan Peterson says, you have to face the dragons. And sometimes the dragons are in your head. And we would actually, I'm like, I've gone through a phase where I would actually not think about some problems because I just don't want to face them because I'm not ready. And maybe I'm deep down, I'm afraid to face them, right? But being present actually allows you to face them because um, I really like how Jordan Peterson talks about this is that if you don't face the dragon on the day one, the day 100, the dragon will be so huge that you won't even be able to face it. So which is better, a small dragon or a large dragon, right? Um, and uh, Ryan talks about ahead is that I, I really, I could really relate to this example when he says that as we stand on the podium about to give a speech, our mind is focused not on our task, but on what everyone will think of us. And as I actually, like, I personally have uh, done a lot of public speaking, I've really connected to it. Like, always, whenever I went onto a speech, I was actually nervous that, okay, how are they? Like, I feel like it's natural. Like, every human, every person, because we care about other people's opinions so much that we were actually worried about, okay, how, how are they going to think about it? Oh, man, I'm going to look like a loser in the front of everyone. But we were, I, we did, I actually, I have, when I read this, I felt like I actually missed no noticing whether I was speaking the things right or not. Like I really actually missed the point. Like I actually forgot to think about what I was actually talking about. I was actually worried about what people are going to think about what I'm going to talk about, which is like insane. And moving ahead, let's see what other quote I like throughout the chapter. Throughout the chapter, he talks about Marina's example and uh, the importance of being present in the moment. And um, he has a quotation by Tolstra here that love cannot exist off in the future. It's only here right now, right? And here he says that, <laughs> I really like this, even though I feel like everyone knows that, that the moment we are experiencing right now is a gift. That's why we call it a present, which is really nice. And he closes the chapter with this saying that, and be present, be all of you, be here. And if you, had, if you have had trouble with this in the past, that's okay. That's the nice thing about the present. I'm sorry. It keeps showing up to give you a second chance. I really like this, that the way he's saying is that that's okay. You weren't able to focus. That's okay. Present will come again, but do not miss it this time. You have to, again, you have to start. You have, we have to start being present in the moment. Next chapter is limit your inputs. Um, throughout this chapter, when I was reading this limited inputs chapter, I felt like this was more, it actually like really touched base to another book by Carl Newport, Digital Minimalism. I really like the. I haven't actually read that book, but like I know what this book is, what that book is about. And I felt like that this chapter actually kind of touched the point. And he, so Ryan opens up this chapter with the quotation, which the quote goes like, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention by Herbert Simon. I really liked it that it actually like it's an interesting take. Like right now, everyone wants to be aware of about everything. But this chapter actually tells you to limit the information you put into your mind. And he talks about Napoleon. So he would he his secretary, he would actually like Napoleon would actually delay the mails, opening of the mails he receives. So he would he made a really interesting point that if it would be important, I mean like so what he does is that um, he delays opening the mails for two months. Tolstra, oh sorry, Napoleon, and um, 
what he was trying to say was that wait, hold up i'm mixing two examples here i guess yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm sorry guys so napoleon example is that he would uh, his, he had actually ordered his servants to not actually let him know immediately if it's a if it's a good news so never wake him up with the good news but if it's a bad news immediately wake him up and um, to like Ryan talks about this example, like explaining this is that there is way too much coming at us. In order to think clearly, it is essential that each of us figures out how to filter out the inconsequential from the essential. It's not enough to be inclined toward deep thought and sober analysis. A leader must create time and space for it. And it's, it was a really interesting take. And then he has a quote from Epictetus, another great Stoic philosopher. That if you wish to improve, be content to appear clueless or stupid in extraneous matters. And that is really interesting. That, I've, that is something I've really like started implementing it. That I would actually get uncomfortable in situations where I don't know stuff. And then I would actually just like remind myself of this quote by Epictetus. Be like, you have to be comfortable with looking as an idiot if you want to learn. Right? Um, <laughs> it's a really it's really interesting that uh, once you start reading, you actually find situations where you actually where you can find actually like uh, your mind actually hits you back with a quote that um, I'll tell you where where it actually hits. So I guess it was like a couple months ago. I was trying to uh, do deadlift, and I was like, oh man, I'm always like I was I was always like uh, concerned about my form with deadlift, and I was like, man, I gotta try it. Yeah, I'm gonna look like an idiot. Maybe I'm just maybe, but that's the only way I'm gonna know, right? And that's where I my mind actually strike me back with that quote. Like, if you wanna improve, be content to appear clueless. Be content with it, which is a really interesting take about that. And let's see what Ryan has for us in the next information. Yeah, Ryan makes a really interesting point here. So he says that. There is an ego in trying to stay up on everything, whether it's an acclaimed television show, the newest industry rumor, the smartest hot take, or the hottest crisis. So the, there's ego in this. So I'm like, normally you won't take it as an ego, right? That I want to know everything. I'm like, that's not ego. I just want to be aware. I just want to increase my knowledge. But he takes like a really interesting perspective on it. He says that there is an ego in trying to appear the most informed person in the room. The one with all the gossip who knows every single thing that's ap that's happening in everyone's life. So what I understood from this was that actually ask yourself a question when you are trying to know everything. What's the purpose? Like, why am I trying to gain this information? Do I need this information to make an important decision? Then yes, go ahead, take it. But most of the times we'll find us that we are trying to actually gain this information just so that I could belong to the cool group that, hey, I know about that too. I'm like, I don't want to look stupid, right? I'm like, see, that's the main problem, that it's an, more of an ego problem, that, hey, I know everything. You know, it's more about like keeping up with the pop culture too, like keeping up with the Joneses. Like, oh, I know what the show is about. I mean, like, uh, it's 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 so funny, like, um, you know, how some people would actually go on and um, spend maybe numerous hours of their life watching a television series, which is okay. But I'm like, sometimes they would actually watch a television series, which they don't even like. But they would watch it just because all of their friends have watched it and they talk about it and they don't feel like they belong. They don't want to look stupid. That's the only way. That's the only reason they'll just spend so much precious time of their life watching a TV series. And to be honest, I never was able to understand it. I mean, like I'm one of those person who has never watched a single episode of Game of Thrones, never watched a single episode, single movie of Harry Potter. I'm not saying in any point of view that these things are bad because I have not even seen them. I don't even know about them. 
I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not even in a situation to make a judgment on that because I, I don't even know about it. But the point I want to make is that I did not watch them ever because I never felt the need to gain that information. I never actually got interested into the Game of Thrones domain that much that I would actually go and sit down and watch it. I never got into Harry Potter. So that's the only reason. But um, would I, I'm like, a lot of time I meet people and they'll be like, huh, you haven't watched it? What are you, like, where do you live? And I'm like, that's okay. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, I'm actually pretty comfortable with that. I used to be pretty uncomfortable in starting, but as you grow, I mean, like, as you read, you understand it's, it's completely okay. It is, it truly is. And then he talks about after Napoleon, he gives an uh, example of um, Eisenhower. He said that whatever was urgent but not important. Meanwhile, most of what was truly important was not remotely time sensitive. That's a really interesting take I wanted to talk about. So, no, that's not actually Eisenhower. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He created something called Eisenhower Box, a matrix that orders our priorities by the ratio of their urgency and importance. Wow, that's pretty, like, I really like this take. He said that whatever was urgent, it was actually not important. And whatever was important, it wasn't time sensitive. It's a really interesting take. Like you actually think about the decisions you think, things you think about throughout your life. And you actually get to know that that is actually true. Whichever is like that certain notification which just popped up, it's actually not that important. And if it's an important decision, it's not time sensitive. Like because important decisions always will have such some amount of time period where you actually, think, where you actually can think through it, right? And let's move ahead. Yeah, now Marcus Aurelius. Ryan quotes Marcus Aurelius, and I really like this quote. I read this like I don't know so many times. It goes like this: like at every moment, ask yourself, is this necessary? Knowing what not to think about, what to ignore, and not to do, it's your first and most important job. That is a really interesting, and I really like it, is because most of the people think about is like oh, the most important thing is to actually think about what I want to think. No, right now with so much amount of information just flowing all over into our mind, the most important thing right now is to actually stop, pick your priorities. Like what is the most important thing you need to and you should actually think about right now. Um, my mind is actually striking back right me, a uh, Jordan Peterson quote. He says, to be someone you have to not be a lot of other things. So it goes similarly here. To think about something, you actually have to not think about a lot of things, which is a really interesting, like we don't actually understand that to actually being able to focus, take an example of your work, right? To be actually be able to focus on your work, you have to stop thinking about, I don't know, hundreds of things. Like consider the amount of information which is flowing in. Twitter, we got Reddit, we got CNN, we got so many news channels. The information is just flowing in. You do not have like scarcity of things to think about. But the most important part where you have to think is what you should not think about. Just filter it out. And I guess that's what the chapter revolves about. Like you have to limit your inputs. Even after limiting, filter out what things you should not think about. And Marcus Julius quotes fits it perfectly. At every moment, I mean, not only about even a, like inputting, like the considering about the inputs, I actually use this quote to make decisions too. Whenever you're responding to an impulse or anything it is, you're going to take an action. You're not sure about it. Just ask yourself the question, is it necessary? It helps. It really helps. 
Moving ahead, let's see what else Ryan got for us. Okay, let's read this, this paragraph. So the way you feel when you awake early in the morning and your mind is fresh and as yet unswelled by the noise of outside world, that's space worth protecting. So too is the zone you lock into when you are really working well. Don't let intrusions bounce you out of it. Put up barriers. Put up proper shooting to direct what's urgent and unimportant to the right people. That's really, that's really, I guess, like hitting the nail right at the head. And he closes the chapter with this. We are afraid of the silence. We are afraid of looking stupid. We are afraid of missing out. We are afraid of being the bad guy who says, nope, not interested. We would rather make ourselves miserable than make ourselves a priority, than be our best selves, than be still and in charge of our own information diet. That's like, again, hitting the nail right at the head that we would actually say yes to all those random things we don't want to do, just not to look stupid, just not to look weird. But we would actually give away the most important commodity, which is our attention, which is our stillness, which is our peace. Yeah. Okay, let's move ahead. Third chapter. Oh, not third, but the next chapter. This chapter is titled Empty the Mind. Opens up with a quotation... To become empty is to become one with the divine. This is the way. This chapter is really interesting. I really liked it. So he has a quotation here by D.T. Suzuki, one of the early popular popularizers of Buddhism in West. He said, man is a thinking reed, but his great works are done when he's not calculating and thinking, which is like really interesting. Like we used to think that, I mean, like we would all, I would always wonder that I got to think a lot to do something. But this quote actually like hits it right on the head. Like most of the great works are done when you're not actually calculating because your mind is actually have your mind space. We, we got to think about it. Our mind has a limited space, right? And if we're going to keep random stuff in, just think about a small room. Okay. You just got a one room and that's your mind. Okay. And um, you're going to fill it up with all the random stuff you can find anywhere okay now you have to keep the most important stuff in your life say anything which is like the most important but you don't have space in your room what are you going to do about it so which is better having an empty room where you can keep the most important stuff or a filled room with total random information which you don't even want to use i mean like something to think about right and here i really liked so um he talks about how Sean Green, he knew that, he talked about Sean Green here, and he says that um, Sean Green knew he had to get rid of the toxic thinking that, oh yeah, he's, uh, okay, okay, now I get it. So he's talking about Sean Green, the baseball player, Los Angeles Dodgers baseball, uh, baseball player, his 2002 slump, and um, he wasn't able to hit. And if you think about it, like baseball, like other sports, you have to be present in the moment. If you have thousand things going on in your mind, you're never going to be able to hit the ball, right? Like, forget about it. You're never going to do it. So, Sean Green actually started to looking towards Buddhism and Zen thinking to actually clear, clear his mind up. And instead of all those random thoughts which come up to his mind when he was going out there to bat, he would actually just think about, he would just repeat a Zen proverb to himself. Chop wood, carry water. Chop wood, carry water. What this Zen proverb is trying to say is don't overanalyze. Do the work. Don't think. Hit. So this is like really on the, again, like top-notch code. It just want to say is that 
keep your head down and work. We actually think ourselves out of so many things which could be really great. But we got to know that thinking constructively is one thing, but thinking destructively is another. We got to stop the destructive thinking. We got to filter this information out, right? We got to judge our own judgment. People do not judge their own judgment, which is really, really bad. And I feel like you can only judge your own judgment when you have something to compare it to. And where, okay, now the question comes up, who do I compare it to? Who's the perfect? The point is no one's perfect. You got to pick up best stuff, which you feel is good. And where do you get that stuff from? Real life role models. I don't know. That could be your dad. That could be your mom. That could be anyone. That could be the books. I mean, like I, you, um, there's a chapter later in the book is uh, which talks about building a moral moral code. Now, I'm not going to talk about what is moral because I feel like moral code is really subjective to each person, the way they were brought up, the society they were brought up in, right? So you got to define your own moral code, but stick to it so that your every judgment, your every action is in accordance with that moral, uh, in, is in accordance with that moral code. So yeah, I really like this code that chop water, carry water, chop water, chop wood. I'm sorry about that. Chop wood, carry water, chop wood, carry water. Just do the work. Do not overanalyze. And then he talks about how Green was able to just overcome that slump. And uh, he said to himself when he said when he stepped into the batter's box for sixth time and the final time, he said, there is no sense in thinking now. No pressure, just presence, just happy to be there. That's the like um, benefit of being present. When you're not overthinking, we are not actually, you're actually in the moment. That's that's when the best of you comes out because you are not being pulled or pushed by the distractions, by the impulsive, by your own thinking. You're actually present. Your mind is empty and you're, you can focus. That's when the real focus happens, right? And now here comes another really important part. So... Now, one would make a point that, hey, thinking is important too, right? That's how we make our decisions, right? I mean, like, how can I stop thinking? That does not make sense. Are you dumb? But here, let's read this paragraph. It's really interesting. So he says that, yes, thinking is essential. Expert knowledge is undoubtedly key to success of any leader or athlete or artist. The problem is that unthinkingly, we think too much. The wild and wireling worlds of our subconscious get going and suddenly there's no room for our training or every anything else. We are overloaded, overwhelmed and distracted by our own mind. But if we can clear space, we can consciously empty our mind as Green did. Insights and breakthrough happens. This There is a beautiful paradox to this idea of void. And... Here comes the best part of this chapter. I really liked it. So let's read it together. So the Dai Dojing points out that when clay is formed around emptiness, it becomes a pitcher that can hold water. Water from the pitcher is poured into a cup, which itself is formed around emptiness. The room this all happens in itself four walls formed around emptiness. Do you see? By relying on what's not there, we actually have something worth using. This is like the best way to put it. That the example of that clay picture is like so good that when you now think about if I again the example of the room, right? If I fill it up with all the random stuff, how, where are you going to keep the most important stuff, man? So that's the same with our mind. I don't know why we don't consider our how our mind is being actually pulled and pushed away. 
we actually care about our physical body so much, we would actually go to gym and work out, we will be careful about the diet and everything. But what about your mind, guys? We gotta think about it, like, this is the most important commodity, even though, like, it's, everything's important, body, I'm not saying ignore body, but we gotta start taking care of our mind and what gets in, what do we think about? And I guess he closes off, let's read the last paragraph. He says, whatever you face, whatever you're doing will require, first and foremost, that you don't defeat yourself, that you don't make it harder by overthinking, by needless doubts, or by second guessing. That space between your ears, that's yours. Save it as the most important commodity. You have to protect it from yourself, from your own thoughts. Keep it clean and clear. And I guess that's where we're going to end our third episode. It was a really nice experience actually reading this. And um, we read three chapters. Being present, empty your mind, and limit your inputs. I really, I hope you guys really found some information and good info, like good knowledge from these readings. And we'll see you in the next episode. Take care, guys, and stay safe.